0: Amen. Hello and welcome to Amen Podcast, where we preach the good news of Jesus Christ and how it applies to everyday life. I'm Lukilani, your host, and today my husband, Alex, will be preaching about
1: how God's word is trustworthy.
0: Yes, this episode is about getting to the end of yourself, where you have no one or nothing to trust but God, not even yourself, because who has lied to you more than yourself, right? (laughs) And the real question is, can we be sure that God is trustworthy? Yes, just as sure as there is breath in your lungs right now. I'm going to read the text, which is Psalms 119, verses 81 through 88, and then Alex will take it. Sounds good. (laughs) My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have have also almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth.
1: Amen. If you've ever felt like, man, can I trust God? And when that happens, it's usually when we're going through a lot of affliction and persecution, overall suffering. We're going to talk about all three of those things today because we are really going through it. This is we haven't had an episode where we're like, should we cancel this week since um I got oh. COVID? And sorry, I dropped my phone. <laughs> or sh- she dropped my phone. <laughs> sorry about that. No, it's okay. No, it's we haven't had an episode like that in forever, and mm-hmm. uh, it was December that I got COVID, and so um, we're not as bad as COVID. We just have a really gnarly cold. Our whole family has it, and so if you hear some sniffles and a you know background coughs, is, coughs, is, what is coughs? I don't know.
0: We have a cold brain too. <laughs> it's a new
1: new disease, coughs. No, if you hear some coughs, um, just bear with us. But this episode has to go out. That's why we're here. That's why you're listening um because God would not allow us to just skip out this week no matter how we felt and it's because this whole verse this whole 8 verses is mm. about how we can trust God when we're going through it mm. and so how could we possibly hang it up and say oh we'll get to you guys next week um when that's what this episode's about so let's get into it and hopefully with the Holy Spirit's power, you'll be a more trustworthy Christian. Mm -hmm. Um, Your faith will be more trustworthy Mm -hmm. and you'll see God as more trustworthy. So you'll walk Mm -hmm. with more confidence, more security, um, more you, right? Like the you that God made you to be. Mm -hmm. Not the you that messes you up all the time, Mm -hmm. but the you that God made you to be. So Mm -hmm. let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, um, what is this, part nine or 10 of our series? Uh, It doesn't matter. It's just... This has been so fun, you know, walking through eight verses of a time of Psalms 119. Um, We don't really know who wrote it. Maybe Jeremiah, someone say, maybe David. Um, But the point is, he is just like us. Um, And we've learned so much from um, this psalmist and what they have to say, Lord. And so we love you and we thank you for uh, just all you're doing through us and through this podcast. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: Here we go. Verse 81. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. This first verse, it says soul. What is a soul? It's the inmost being of a person. And what is it doing? It's longing for salvation. Joseph, when Joseph had, you know, Jesus brought to him after being born, um, he called him Jesus. He gave him the name Jesus. Jesus means God is our salvation. Salvation is what our soul really longs for. Since you're a little kid, your soul has been longing for something to save you. And we look for saviors in everything, sports, relationships, drugs, money, uh, achievements. We look for a savior. Jesus is that savior. We don't have to look any longer, but there's going to be times where your soul is just always feeling like it's longing for Mm -hmm. God. And that's good. That's a healthy thing because we are not physically with him yet. We're waiting on his return. And so there should be a longing in the heart of a Christian And that longing looks like this, hoping in the word of God, when all else fails, what you can hope in is the promises of God. Mm. Faith is the confidence in the things we cannot see. It's the conviction and the proof that those things are real. Don't you know that your faith is proof that God is real? The fact that you have proof, the fact that you have faith is the proof that Jesus is real. He really rose. He really loves you. He's really coming back. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. why would you have faith? Faith is positive actions towards something that is real. Verse 82, it says, my eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? Now, his soul is not just longing, but his eyes are longing too. Your eyes will fail you at some point. But what will never fail you is real faith. His eyes are longing to see this promise he's waiting on. The promise is that, again, we keep saying it, God will be your God and you will be his people. His promise is to take care of you. His promise is to be the great healer, the great physician, you know, our God who is with us, Emmanuel. That's his promise. God, are you with me? And what this psalmist is saying is my eyes are growing like dim and faint as I'm looking to see if you're going to be with me or not. Where are you? That's what he's saying. Have you ever been in a position in life where you're like, God, where are you? And you're just, your spiritual eyes are growing dim as you look and look and look. Okay, where's the promise? Where's the comfort? And if you walk with him and you trust him and you use that time not to turn to other things, he promises that he will show up. You know, there's a temptation and that is to look for comfort and other things. We talked about that in our last episode. And he also says when temptation comes, he always gives us a way out. The way out for all temptation is faith. Any temptation that you give into, you give into because of fear. Mm. Faith is your way out of it. Mm. So when he says, I'll always give you a way out, it's because you will, he's given you faith already. You've been saved by grace through faith. It is not of yourself. It's a gift from God. The faith itself that God gives you to believe in him is a gift from God. Our um, works that follows that faith is proof that that faith is working. It's saving faith. Saving faith does something. Saving faith doesn't just say, yeah, I believe it and then not act like it. Faith without works is dead. The, The works follows the faith that God's given us. And it says, God, I'm going to trust in this. I'm going to walk in this. This is what Abraham did. Abraham walked in it. He said, I know my faith works because faith without works is dead. And I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to live and I'm going to trust you. And so that way out is saying, okay, I'm not going to choose comfort in this. I'm going to find comfort in in the word of God. 83, for I've become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. This was an interesting and difficult one to understand because a lot of commentators I was reading this week were saying that, you know, this just means he feels useless and thrown to the side like a wineskin in the smoke. But there's some commentators who are saying, okay, why put a wineskin in smoke? And I think that is a very healthy way to approach scripture, asking yourself, why did the author say this? Mm-hmm. Um, looking at scripture and saying, okay, there's a reason why this is here. Every word Mm -hmm. means something. Jesus says, every iota, every dot, which is the equivalent of our like apostrophes and periods and stuff, every one of them is gonna be fulfilled in me. So every time there's a a comma in scripture, whatever that comma is there for, Jesus is there to fulfill it. The The full law was fulfilled in Jesus. And so if Jesus says, I'm going to fulfill every little detail of the law. That means every detail of the Bible, the word of God, the inerrant word of God means it's there for a reason. You know, there's little things that we learn in Bible school or even in church. Pastors tell you to ask what's the therefore therefore. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And that kind of stuff is good because we're learning. Okay. Everything in here is, is here for a reason. So, Wine skin and smoke, I looked up why they did this. This word wineskin actually translates um, into the word uh, skin bottle. And they would get these bottles and they would make wineskins skins cover them or they'd make bottles out of the wine skin and they would hang it in the smoke and the smoke would uh, not only make it hot, but it would dry it out. Mm-hmm. And as it would dry it out, if the wine was inside of it already, it would age the wine and make the wine taste better. And so what this means is this, when Jesus in the book of John turns water into wine at the wedding in Cana, what that was symbolic of was him bringing the joy back to our relationship to God. If they ran out of wine, that means the party was over. And it was also really, really embarrassing. You know, this wasn't the type of wine that you can get at, you know, the grocery store. This is a different type of wine. It's not going to get you like plastered on one bottle it was different it was more of a juice yeah it might have some like happy feelings with it but it wasn't like crazy type of wine that people drink now on spring break and stuff in the summertime it was a much more simpler healthier wine and if it ran out party's over jesus takes water turns it into wine symbolic of him bringing that joy back into our relationship just like he brought it back to the, the wedding the bible says we're married to god Jesus is the, the, the bridegroom and we are the bride and we have joy. What is the joy? The joy is the relationship. The joy is the, re- the relationship we have with Jesus. That is a Christian's joy. When the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, it means we have joy because of the Lord, because of our connection to him, our oneness. This is why he says, I want you to be one with me. He says, I'm the vine. You are the branches. What is he talking about? Grapes, wine. From this relationship is going to come joy. And what does the fruit do after it's popped off the end of the branch? It's crushed into wine. I want that. We can have that. In this verse, it's saying that Christians, they have this joy inside of us, but the way it gets matured, the way it gets aged, the way it gets ready to take a sip from it is this, the smoke. What is the smoke? The suffering, the persecution, the affliction. You're going to go through it. It's a part of you being like Christ. What was Jesus's smoke? You know, this verse is really about him. Jesus was like the wineskin in the smoke. Yet he says what? I have not forgotten your statutes. You know, moments before the cross, he didn't just say, you know what? No, he didn't apostate and say, I'm not doing this. This is too far. This is too horrible. This cup is too great for me. What did he say? Not my will, your will be done. We have some amen shirts with that on the back of it right now. And you guys have picked up, picked up a lot of them. And it's like been really encouraging. Um, not because that's our support as online my missionaries, but it's been encouraging that that's like our biggest shirt. And none of the other shirts have Bible verses on the back of them. And so it just showed like us, y'all's boldness and wanting mm-hmm. to live out that verse, not my will, your will be done. And that's essentially what the word amen means. It means let it be so. Not what I want, but let what you want be so. So be what you want. And that's what Christ said on the cross. As he's being dried out like smoke, like a wineskin, cracked and dry, he doesn't turn his back. He doesn't apostate. Verse 84. Let me take a drink of water. I'm abnormally dry today.
0: <laughs> we're both cracked and dry.
1: Yes, exactly. We're, and that's it. it. We're going through that smoke right now. All of our kids are are sick. Um with a gnarly cold. Lion broke his uh leg last week with a spiral fracture. Um he has to be carried everywhere. Mm-hmm. The kids aren't sleeping well. You know, some nights they're waking up every hour. Either I'm jumping out of bed to help a kid or Lokalani's jumping out of a bed to help a kid and uh we're really going through it. And at times you could be like, "God, why me?" Aren't I supposed to just be like healthy and awesome and have a great life since I'm your servant, you know, everyone around me, you know, it's hard to go, you know, drive around. We go for drives as a family. It's hard to drive and, um, you know, just look at all of our uh, fellow islanders who are enjoying the island, laying on the beach, having a Mai Tai, uh, surfing every day and enjoying the waves right now and uh, going for walks, going for runs drinking coffee at the coffee shop and it's, we think about, man, there's so much we cannot do. And local Lonnie last night, she was like really sick. I mean, it was really heavy last night. And she looked at me and he's like, man, I I can't take NyQuil. I can't take any like type of things because she's a nursing mother. And it just hit me like, because of the smoke, how there's so much in our life that's been drawn out, dried out, and we can't just even enjoy. Um, And it's because, God is doing something in us. He's teaching us when the smoke rises, when it's tearing us up, when it's drying us out, he's maturing something in us. Yes. And so the reason why we just can't go surf every day, the reason why we stopped drinking, you know, quite a while back, the reason why we don't enjoy the Mai Tai on the beach and uh, just wear whatever we want to wear and live like the rest of the people in the world is because he's maturing something in us. And you can bet your bottom dollar that if everyone, the majority is doing it, it's not going to make you mature. Now, this is the reason why we deleted Instagram and TikTok this week, because we went on a trip to Maui to um, someone gifted us a trip. And so we went and we met this young lady. And uh, that was one thing she said to us was that the reason why she didn't have social media was because she realized everyone's doing it. And that means I probably shouldn't be doing it. And that's maturity. Mm-hmm. That's maturity. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that everyone's doing. And that means, okay, we probably shouldn't be doing this. And it can be simple things. You know, like one thing we've been trying to cut back on is like coffee and just like looking at, okay, everyone drinks coffee. So maybe that means we take a step back and say, let's just have a little bit of tea. Let's calm down a little bit. Um, so what are those things? But know that through that smoke, he's making you mature. That And again, this is where the promise shows up. This is where the comfort, you're, you're, I know you're feeling comfort from that truth. And that's, that's proof of when your eyes are longing, spiritually waiting for God's comfort, if you choose not to look to other things and you wait for that comfort, he promises to always show up. Maybe in a form of a podcast, maybe in a form of a hug or a hey, or a high five at the store or a school work or whatever. Um, but it always points to his word. Every comfort that comes from God can be seen in his word and always points you back to his word because he's our husband, right? And so as a wife, not as a wife, I'm not a wife, my wife, should she try to find comfort in another man? Of course not. So why do we, as the bride of Christ, we look for the arms of other lovers for comfort idols, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is seen in the book of Hosea, you know, God tells Hosea, your wife is going to do that. But I want you to take her back, and I want you to forgive her. I want you to give her grace, because that's what I'm going to do for the people of Israel. So let us not look to the arms of, a, of another. let us look to the arms of our true lover, Jesus. In verse 85, it says, "The insult or verse 84, "How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me?" So there's a different type of smoke that you're going to be hit with. And that smoke is. Not affliction or suffering like we just talked about, but persecution. Now, you might be tempted to turn off the podcast right here because you're like, well, I'm not being persecuted. I'm not like the people overseas, you know, in hostile countries being persecuted. But I would beg to differ. You are being persecuted. Persecution is the um, hostility or indifference towards those who believe in something. So. It doesn't mean you're held at gunpoint. It doesn't mean you can't have a Bible. It doesn't even mean you can't meet without a mask. We went through all that stuff. That's not persecution. The persecution, what it looks like is sheer indifference, right? People just, they don't want anything to do with you. Um, It looks like absolute hostility. Okay. So lots of examples. We had, um, we pulled, we were in traffic at a stoplight and someone just like motioned at us as two young guys motioned at us to roll down their, our window. And so we rolled down our window and they just like, were like laughing at us, like mocking us. And we we're like, what? We knew it was mocking because we drove away and we felt really dirty, you know, in our spirit, we felt like wronged. And at first it was weird. Cause like they, we thought they just wanted to be nice, you know, and then they mocked us. Um, and then literally moments after that, Lokalani walked into a store and, um, two people that I'm not going to explain, um, their situation. Um, it was just very apparent from how they carried themselves and everything, you know, um, that they were living a life outside of God. And when you live in an, on an Island, it's easy to see that kind of stuff because people are just very flamboyant with their um, beliefs and they wear it. And so um, we walk in and she, they look back at her and they literally laugh at her as they're walking into the store. Like they're so close, like the, they could like, if they sneezed, it, local army would be all wet. You know, like they were that close to her and they both looked at her in the eyes and then laughed at her. Um, and really uncomfortable feeling. And it wasn't like she was, she dressed as awesome. You guys see her dress every, if you're watching YouTube and Spotify, you see how she dresses. She dresses super cute. So it wasn't anything she had on, you know, I saw her face before she went in she didn't have a booger or something (laughs) like that. Um, They knew who she was. They knew who, again, small Island, very small Island. People know who we are because of the podcast. And so um, countless times, you know, I can yeah, get, into yeah, similar, get into it. Yeah, I'm just not going to get into it because again, small island, but many situations, that's persecution. And you're like, well, I haven't experienced that. You experience persecution every day because as a person who trusts in the word of God, hopes in the word of God and values what God values, you live in a world that doesn't value those things. And so um, the attack on babies right now Abortion, that is a type of persecution on all Christians Mm -hmm. in the world. All of them, because we are living in a world that is hostile towards what we believe. Mm -hmm. It might be you um, living in a world where the top songs in the world are um, celebrating sex, celebrating drugs. Uh, You just want to have a little movie night and you get on the TV and you can't find anything that glorifies God, you know, and um, nobody, people don't want to support companies like Pure Flix, which we're falling in love with. We're starting to like some of the movies on there. Not all of them. Some of them are crazy, but um, no, a lot, the majority don't want to celebrate something like that. This is persecution. We live in a world that's indifferent to the values that you hold true, that you love. And this is why we're treated as strangers and aliens in this world, because it's not our home. You are going to be treated this way. You're going to have run-ins and it's going to be subtle because here's the thing. The devil is very, very smart. He's very wise. His goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's been studying us since the garden, right? The second pair of humans to ever live, one killed the other. See how quickly and crafty he is? You know, their are parents. There's no other humans on earth. Adam and Eve. And then Cain killed his brother. So it was a first murder. Like that happened so fast, but it's because he, the devil is crafty. And what is the devil compared to by God in that passage? A a lion seeking whom he wants to devour, you know, crouching at his door, ready to pounce. That's how he is. And so I believe we're in a place in America right now where he's just not going to outright have Christians be murdered and uh, be outright, flamboyantly persecuted, explicitly persecuted in the eye of the world. He's not going to do that. Why? When he did that, every time he does that, it explodes the church. (laughs) Every time. In the the New Testament church, every time a Christian got killed, it exploded the church, right? There was a saying that the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. What that means is this. It means they were like, why would this person die for Christianity? If they died for that, then I got to look into this. It must be real. And so the devil's smart. He's not going to just, you know, if I get killed, it'll just, our podcast would blow up. Our our sermons, our episodes would just go crazy. Our videos would go crazy. Why? Because he'd be like, this guy got killed for what? Because he believed in Jesus? Whoa. whoa, whoa. So he's going to be more subtle with how he persecutes, persecutes you. It's going to be like little laughs. It's going to be like not being invited. It's going to be like um, nobody wants to talk to you. Everyone gives you the cold shoulder. Um, It's going to look like that. And you can probably come up with more examples. Let us know some examples in the comments. If you're watching this on YouTube, let us know how you're being persecuted right now, because we um, want to feel that with you. And we want to have compassion on you because we're in that. But no, he says this, those people are prideful in verse 85. They're insolent and they've dug pitfalls. Pitfalls means to plot on your destruction, plot on your downfall. There's people who you may not even know that are plotting on your downfall. Today, we had a weird situation. Lokalani went to delete her TikTok and she found out she followed like tons and tons of people she's never met, never hit follow, and they're all like explicit um accounts of
0: yeah well so the last video i posted i don't it was months ago you Mm -hmm. posted it for me i don't use tiktok at all i've never really even liked it um and i just noticed a comment because i guess there's this feature where like the comments scroll on the tiktok as you're watching the tiktok and someone said why do you follow um besides Alex why do you follow a bunch of like sexual women videos and mm-hmm. I was like what and so I didn't even know that like I was following anyone because before it was just we had no followers just each other um, and then yeah come to find out there's all these followers and I also had realized that I was getting emails from TikTok and they were in a different language and then it clicked my old phone number is connected to my TikTok and someone the person who has that number now logged in with that phone number and is using my account, even mm. though it's still me. Um, and those who are familiar with TikTok know how easy it is to log in if you have the phone number. Yeah. Um, and is like watching these things. Heavy <laughs> on TikTok. I didn't even click any of but them. But it's crazy. He hasn't changed all,
1: but... your. He hasn't changed your profile picture.
0: No, he just uses it for that. I guess. Or I may be a girl too. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but I'm unable to delete my account because I have to have my old phone number to delete it. And it totally slipped my mind when I changed my number yeah. to change my TikTok because I don't so like TikTok. But
1: <laughs> we're waiting to hear back from TikTok, but she did unfollow all the accounts, yes, which is good. But I
0: went back on and there were two fo- like followed again, but I think I was able to do something to maybe get that person um keep that person from being able to log in. I put like a more what do they call it? Two factor verification. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah, because there's a lot of people, you know, over six thousand people who follow that account and they're probably like wondering, what is Lokalani going through? Like, she's not I going through anything. Yeah, she's not going through anything, but this person plotted on her downfall. Right. She saw he or she saw what Lokalani represented, what her videos were about. You know, it says in the bio, Amy Alex's wife, like. Our website's on there, like they know what we're about. And so instead of, you know, saying, like, I shouldn't be doing this, they looked at the 6,000 followers. They didn't change the profile picture because they thought, I want to keep attracting people to this account. And uh, they plotted on the downfall. And what is that person? Prideful. You know, sin is the most prideful lifestyle, sin is um, insolent. That's what this word is saying in verse 85. And it says, They do not live according to your law, Mm -hmm. verse 85. The person that did that does not live according to the law. People who are plotting on your downfall, they do not live according to the law. They may be within your own church. They may be within your own school, your work. If people are plotting on your downfall, they want to see you fall. They want to see you fall into a pit. They don't live according to the law. We see this in the life of Joseph, don't we? His brothers literally plot to kill him. And one of the brothers is like, let's not kill him, but let's just, you know, sell him to slavery. Let's throw him in this pit. And they literally throw him into a pit. And from there, you know, slavers, they come and grab him and take him off to slavery. That's a picture of Joseph. It's a picture of Jesus. Judas and the Pharisees plot on the downfall of Jesus. Early on in Jesus's ministry, they're plotting to kill him. And they throw him not into a pit, but they throw him onto a cross. They plot on the downfall. Why? They don't obey the God uh, the God of the Bible. They don't live according to the law. Verse 86, all your commandments are sure They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. So you can be sure that God's commandments are sure. He always holds up what he says. And he says, the people who are persecuting me, the people who are coming against me, they're doing so with what? Falsehood. Lies. And he says, simple, help me. Two simple words that you can say, and they're the one of the most powerful prayers you could ever say. And that is, help me. God, help me. They're going to smear your life with lies. They're going to say lies about you, but we can go to God and we can say, God, help me. Verse 87, they've almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. It says they've made an end of me on earth. It means this, the me is the people of Israel. There was countless groups of pagans, including the Egyptians, who wanted to see this people group wiped out. The Bible says years after Joseph had died, There arose a new Pharaoh who did not like the Israelites, did not like their God, and wanted nothing to do with them at all, wanted to see them wiped off the face of the earth. And so this is still what's happening here. There's other pagan cultures that want to do that to the Israelites. And it says they've always made it, they've almost made an end of us. Now, what would happen if the Israelites got wiped off the planet? It would mean no Christ, no Messiah, because the promise was that. Jesus was going to come through Abraham's seed, Abraham's family. So if these pagan kings got what they wanted and wiped them off the face of the earth, then the promised seed would have went with it. But it says this, I have not forsaken your precepts. There were some within the people of Israel who did not disobey the people of God. The book of Malachi is about those people. It's the last book in the old, old Testament. And it's about the remnant of people who decided to obey God's law and to stay connected with the covenant, the promise of God. There was many, many Israelites that got killed in the wilderness. Um, many will, many people that got set on fire. There's times God opens up the earth and people fall in Israelites fall in because they were coming against the man of God coming against God's law. And so God, there, there was times where Moses had to pray with Aaron, his brother, and say, God, please don't kill them. Like, punish us on their behalf. Because in God's righteous anger and his wrath, he had every right to kill a lot of the Israelites. And a lot of them did die. A lot of them did get killed. Why? God is holy. And he had done everything for them. He had given them manna, protected them, freed them from slavery, and you will be surprised how many times the people of Israel in the book of numbers complain against God, but through that all through the plagues, through the curses, through all that stuff, there was a remnant that loved God. And that is what 87 is talking mm-hmm. about. But I have not forsaken your precepts. Verse 88 in your steadfast love. Give me life that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. We'll only find true life in the steadfast love of God. It means his love is unfailing. His love will never forsake us. It'll never wrong us, no matter what we do. He is still with us. He is still our God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, mm-hmm. no matter what. In, uh, in Hawaii, we have this thing. It's it's a word called pono, and it means good. And we're walking to the park, and we saw someone graffiti, um, "Be pono, no matter what." And uh, it's a lot harder. A lot easier said than done. It's harder for humans to be Pono, but God is good. And no matter what, he's going to be good to us. He's going to be Pono to you and to me. That is the steadfast love of God that gives us life. When we look at that and we, we see what he went through to be good to us. You know, he went through the cross. He went through giving up his son. He went through um, being dried out like smoke. He went through hell an eternity amount of the wrath of God and hell towards us. He went through that because he's Pono because he's good, mm. no matter what, mm-hmm. you know, let me just end with one story. Um, And I just, I don't think I've ever told a story about Korah, right. And in, in numbers, well, Korah was a young man who didn't want to obey Moses anymore. He said, you know, you guys, you know, you let us out of his Egypt. You said, you're taking us to the promised land. We're not there yet. You know, we're just going to die out here. And Moses says to him, listen, man, you know, is it a small thing that God has set you, Korah, and your buddies apart to be the priest of God to take care of the tabernacle? Is that a small thing? This is where God lives, the tabernacle. And they say back to him, Korah and his gang of guys, is it a small thing that we're going to die out here in the wilderness? He gets smart with Moses. And Moses had already prayed for them and said, God, don't kill these kids. And after that little comment, because what they're really accusing of Moses was that Moses like was just trying to be the boss. He didn't want anyone to, you know, he wouldn't want to listen to anyone. Moses says, God, don't even take their sacrifices because we have given them no reason to doubt you. And yet they're doubting you. They're doubting that you've called me. So God, pretty much have your way with these guys. And and, um, God says to Moses, okay, tell the people to get away from Korah's tent and all Korah's little gang members get away from all of their stuff. I don't want them anywhere near it because I'm going to punish these guys. So Moses runs out and says, get away from these guys and their stuff. And he says to Korah and all the gang members, come outside your tent, stand at the door of your tent, and we're going to see. If God has chosen me to take you to the people, take you to the promised land, if he's chosen me to be your leader, or if he's chosen you to be the leader, you to lead yourself. So they do chest all high, chin up, and they walk out to the door of their tent. And what happens? The earth literally opens up and swallows them and then closes around them. Everyone watching, they could hear the screams and see them fall into a rivet in the earth. Um like terrifying. The people of Israel were screaming as they watched them scream and fall and the earth close up. Terrifying. I mean, if we were to see that, you know, in real life, that would be so terrifying. What is that a picture of? It's a picture of the holiness and the judgment of God. He has no room for that. No room for prideful people saying, God, I want to lead myself. I don't want to, I don't want to follow your man, which is Jesus. Moses was a picture of Jesus. We don't want to follow that guy. We want to do what we want. Well, for people who live in like that, one day the earth is going to open up and swallow them up and they're going to fall into hell for eternity. But for those who were headed that way and have turned and have been forgiven and they, our eyes have been open, instead of the earth swallowing us up, the earth swallowed Jesus up. He fell into the wrath of God. He fell into the judgment of God. He was the one screaming an eternity amount of pain on our behalf so that we wouldn't be swallowed up by God's wrath or judgment, but we would be embraced by his love and his grace that he had towards us, that he had for us all along. He says, if your steadfast love gives me life, I may keep the testimonies of your mouth, Mm. not the testimonies of my mouth, Mm. because I have plenty of testimonies that coming out of my mouth that I don't need to keep. I need to let go. But the testimonies of your mouth are sure and trustworthy And if I focus and I look at your steadfast love and the evidence all around me, the proof that God is trustworthy is evident in your life around you. It's in the birds. It's in the trees. It's in the flowers. That's why it says, look at the birds of the the air. Do they worry about what they're going to eat? No. Why should you worry? Look at the flowers. Look at how beautiful they are. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about what's going to cover you. I have already covered you. You know, the first clothes that were ever made for any humans was made by God. He's a designer. He made clothes out of lamb wool. After Adam and Eve figured out they were naked, he took a lamb and he covered them with clothes. He's a designer. He's like, he's been making clothes since, you know, before clothes were even made. So don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about what you're going to eat. He says, I'll take care of those things. My evidence that I love you clearly seen throughout creation, clearly seen throughout your life. We have a video coming out on Saturday um, that has four different stories of how God reminded us of his love um, through stuff that happened this week and you should go check that out on my YouTube channel. Um, but I just want to leave you with a prayer and we'll get into our little question we have for you guys. Father, thank you so much for all you do for us thank you that you lead us and you remind us in your creation, through your word, that no matter what smoke we may be going through right now, you are trustworthy and um, it's making us mature. We love you. And we pray that we'd walk in that this week. In your name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Yep. And this is the part of the episode called After the Amen, where we ask you a question to help you apply this message to your life. Our question today is, what makes you so sure that God is trustworthy? What makes you so sure that God is trustworthy? I'll answer first and... I mean, it's his word because we can rely on his words. We can see his promises come true. And um, when we look back at the text from this week, um, the part that really stuck out to me was verse 85, the insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. What I loved, and I read this in a commentary was um, that in Proverbs 27, He says, whoever digs a pit will fall into it and a stone will come back on him who starts rolling. And we've seen that come true in our life. We've had people slander us literally like about a year ago and we watched their life fall apart because they were living contrary to the word of God. And they had, they really just gave in to lie to becoming a liar. (laughs) Um, they lied about us. They lied about themselves. They lied about other people, like big lies, which any lie is a lie and bad, but, and we, we watched this happen and we pray for restoration in their lives. We pray, we pray that they truly come to know the Lord and yeah. and come to a place of repentance. But he took care of us in that. And that's, and his word says that they'll fall into their own pits and that, that is what happened. That's just one example of how God is trustworthy. When I'm thinking about the text we went through today, yeah. it's such a heavy text, but there's so many other ways that the Lord has provided and given us exactly what we needed. And, um, it's all comes from reading his word. That's where he proves it to yeah. us, is through his word, um, because that's where his promises lie. And that's where we can be sure like, Oh, what, like, what is God saying? Well, check his word. And if it lines up, then that's him. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. I was watching this clip from the Irishman with, um, Robert De Niro, I believe. And it's a scene where his little girl is sitting at the kitchen table doing her homework. And the mom says, you know, he shoved her. And he was like, who shoved her? And he was like, the, sh- the shopkeeper shoved her, like pushed her. And, um, he's in the mob. And so in the mafia. and so uh, he looks at his daughter and says, did he push you? And she says, you know, she didn't say anything. She just like nods her head. It took her a while to get it out of her because she didn't want to say anything because she knows her dad's crazy. So he grabs her by the arm and he takes him down to the shop and he goes inside. He says, stay outside. He goes inside. He grabs the shopkeeper, pulls him over the counter and beats, you know, all everything out of him. And it was very bloody, really messed up. And you could see on the girl's face, Fear. Um, you could also see a strange, like, peace, though. And that is heavy because that's way too far. He went mm-hmm. way too far. You know, a, a couple words would have sufficed, like, please don't push my daughter. Um, and there would have been peace in her face and not just fear. God handles things according to his knowledge, mm-hmm. his goodness. Mm-hmm. He knows he's not going to overdo it. Like mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, he knows exactly what is needed mm-hmm. for that person to get them set right, mm-hmm. and you know, because in his punishment, it there's grace, mm-hmm. and the grace is hopefully through this you'll see what you did was wrong, and you'll turn the other way. Yeah. You know, this is why the Bible says don't um don't provoke your children to anger, because in our punishment, in our discipline for our kids, we could it could be so heavy that it just turns them to anger and they don't learn Mm -hmm. from it. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the grace and the mercy of God that turns our kids to, to uh, repentance. It turns us to repentance. And there's even in his punishment and there's discipline, God's discipline, there's mercy in it. Mm -hmm. And with us as his children, we can look at how he handles it and say, okay, I have peace now Mm -hmm. because you took care of it for me. Mm -hmm. And you did it exactly how you wanted to do it, exactly how you saw fit. And I know what you did was right. And um, that's his part of the promise to us, right? These are promises, again, that um, our eyes are looking for, that yeah. we find comfort in.
0: Mm-hmm. Amen. Yep, that's so good. It's, it's our prayer that this message will help you see that come what may, God is absolutely trustworthy. Um, before we go, we want to just take a moment to thank all of our donors. Thank you so much for um, supporting this ministry. Mm-hmm. You keep the lights on (laughs) in here and you've um, allowed us to, you know, remodel. We've kind of said that before, but we're just so grateful for you guys. And we just are so, Alex mentioned this earlier, like just so blown away by how much you guys desire obedience. Like you guys are so vulnerable in sharing like what's going on but it's always like comes back to this. Like I want to do the right thing. Yeah. And that is just so beautiful. And we just love that. And we love that we get to be a part of your lives and hopefully help point you to the Lord who will um, help work those things out for you. Um, And so, yeah, we love you guys. And if you'd like to donate to our ministry, you can visit amenpodcast.com. Click the link in the description. We also have um, merch. We have some more of those t-shirts that Alex was talking about um, the Mark 1436 ones, not my will, your will. Mm-hmm. Um, about how many days left of that, you know?
1: I'm not sure. The link's in the description of this episode. Um, and then we have stickers, too. Yes. We have about 150 Amen stickers with the new Amen logo Yes, um, that you can see on the screen. And uh, there's the A right there, okay. too. Um, so we'll send those right to you. The link to that is going to be in the description of this video, too. And um, those are fun. They, they're vinyl. Um, and so maybe I'll I'll show you guys how to put them on on my YouTube video this week. Yeah. Um, but they are like decal. So they're really like high quality. And you just pull it off slowly. You put it on the car and then you pull it off slowly. And then um, it has the perfect like outline of the letters all white. And uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. We love you guys. Until next time, go out and be the church. Amen.